and welcome everybody to episode 23 wow 23 we we've made it to our jordan podcast good for us jordan year podcast our jordan year podcast my number one question for you is aaron Rodgers washed what what is going on with this guy he can't make throws over the middle of the field anymore he can't he can't and his wide receivers don't want to catch the ball when he does make a halfway decent throw <laughs> Unless they're Christian Watson. Unless they're Christian Watson, Sean. And we are excited to have everybody here today. It is a Thursday evening, so that can be one thing. We've been actually not disappointed by Thursday Night Football. Typically, that's what we've been feeling. This was actually a good game. And Keegan and I are here to talk all things Week 11. Week 11. I don't know how the NFL schedule moves this fast, Keegan. But we're here. And we're feeling good. We're not feeling as burnt out. We're excited. And you and I actually even play each other this week. So that'll this week, be fun. This is the first time this happened since we've recorded? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think maybe you got Except me. Except for our like dynasty maybe matchup our... that you you were taking in, obviously. So this I one actually tank. means a little I don't, bit. I'm not a tanker. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm beneath that. That's beneath yeah, he, me. He left uh, empty roster spots, guys, when he played me. So Look, I'm in six fantasy leagues, all right? In a league that I'm purposely not really paying attention to, things are going to happen. But we're, we're not doing that. We're good. We're locked in. We're ready to go. Keegan and I actually have a pretty big matchup for seeding purposes. I'm number two in this league. Keegan is number three. And he just had Derrick Henry. Um, and folks. He could do it all. The king is still the king. Passing touchdown, rushing touchdown. The guy's inevitable. The only thing that surprised me about Derrick Henry in this game, he has to tie his own shoes. You're telling me they can't like have a 10-year-old <laughs> run out there and tie Derrick Henry's <laughs> shoes for him in the freezing cold? I'm watching the king take his gloves off, get down. Kings don't tie their own shoes. Like, what they are we doing They should have Hilliard run out there and go tie his shoes for him. <laughs> Traylon Burke should go have to tie his shoes. Yeah, exactly. Kyle Phillips, one of these rookie wide receivers. Like, the Kings should not have to bend down and tie his shoes. But outside of another massive Derrick Henry performance, I think he had 26 fantasy points on the day. We saw two rookie wide receivers look pretty good. Traylon Burks went over 100. I think he had 17 PPR fantasy points. And Christian Watson is either... The next Randy Moss, the next Chase Claypool, with the amount of touchdowns <laughs> he scores at this point. Um, there's no in-between. He has now caught five touchdowns in his last two starts. Pretty wild pace he's on. I don't think he's going to be able to keep up with that. He's probably a touchdown regression candidate moving forward. Very promising stuff, I must say. What, what did you see out of these two rookies? Traylon Burks is the interesting one to see succeed here because, like, obviously the Tennessee passing offense has been up and down this year. And I'm very happy to see Tannehill back in the fold and playing well. And looking really good. He was exceptional. really good. Um, so great to see that he has a little connection with the rookie. Um, I did like Traylon Burks coming out of college. Um, I know it was kind of up and down on where he would go in the draft. I thought he played really well tonight. And that catch at the end of the game to seal it, sweet. What a great route. Bert the DB makes a catch to steal the game. Excellent. And then Christian Watson is just a touchdown monster. Freaky. Freaky athlete. That play, Freaky. obviously some classic Rodgers run around in the back, wait for something to go open. He didn't really have him. He looked at him, and he said, I'm coming to you. And he trusted him, and Watson made a hell of a play to catch that. The second touchdown, too, I think he had like kind of like a delay crosser where like the whole play kind of happens. He's... He's just waiting. He's not necessarily the first read. The play has to develop. Rodgers is retreating, back, 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 pedaling, and throws a perfect pass to him. Pretty special stuff from Christian Watson. 
on this podcast on Tuesday, you and I were banging the drum. We thought this guy could have some league-winning upside just because this offense needs a dynamic playmaker that isn't Aaron Jones. He delivers. I mean, he was kind of the prize jewel of the waiver wire for most people. Like two days later, after you pick him up, he's got 20 PPR fantasy points. That's that's pretty impressive. And yeah, with Traylon Burks, I made a joke in one of the group chats we're in that he had the, the wiggle of a tree. I was not <laughs> impressed with it. Trying to make people uh, miss off a screen pass. But straight line speed, he he has the burners. And he beat man coverage a couple times tonight. And Tannehill was he's a He's a physical mind. presence. Like in, in Arkansas, he wasn't exactly like the crispest route runner. But he's just such a physical body that he allows matchups. You know, like mismatches all of his matchups because he just can beat you with his, his body, basically, and speed. What do we think about Rodgers? Like, obviously, he was able to throw two touchdowns to Watson. Lazard had a decent game. I think Aaron Jones is okay. But Rodgers was missing some throws. Rodgers usually hits. It was pretty He can strange. still sling the rock. You yeah. know, like he yeah. can sling the rock, but the Packers are no longer good enough. I think, at least for me, like my perspective, they're no longer good enough as a team, like whole, for like Rodgers missing a couple throws here and there. Like that can cost them an entire game if he's not like absolutely perfect. So I kind of want to give Rodgers some benefit of the doubt here, but if he's not perfect, like, they don't really have a chance. And they're damn sure we're going to run the ball. I thought Aaron Jones' game was impressive tonight, despite how good that Tennessee rush defense is. And I, I know you're giving the benefit of the doubt a little bit to Rodgers, and I, I appreciate that, but down the stretch, the Packers' defense was making stops. And this was a two-score game. They just needed to score 10 points. They had a couple situations where they were on their side of the field or close to it, and Rodgers was just missing some throws over the middle of the field like you don't really see. And it was usually deeper throws, and that's kind of been the story of his season so far is he's been pretty good and short and intermediate, but usually the, a lot of those deep throws that Rodgers is just the best in the league at, he's struggled with, which is interesting. So, no, I don't – opening the podcast, calling him dust, saying he's washed – well, what probably did he say little, last week? After probably a little game? unfair. What did he say? He hated every play. Yet? Oh, yeah, they're probably dead. They're probably dead. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, tip of the cap to Tennessee. Has any team the past three years been doubted more? Because <laughs> like this team just doesn't care. They don't care what you think about their roster. They don't care. They have a bunch of no-name guys. They're incredibly well coached. Rabel has the guys ready to go. Ryan Tannehill is super underrated. Now, again, let's a grain of salt. What Tannehill did against the Bengals in the playoffs was pretty bad. <laughs> pretty, yeah. pretty bad. But Tannehill in the regular season has shown that he's a very consistent quarterback. He knows how to run this offense. And they have one of the biggest advantages in the NFL. It's Derrick Henry. No team has Derrick Henry. No one does. That's, that's the difference between them and the rest of the league. They've yeah. got Derrick Henry. They got, they got himself. They got the king. But that was a pretty good game. A lot of points. Pretty fantasy friendly. Usually on Thursdays, I'm a little worried about starting guys. A little anxious about how they'll perform. But it delivered, so I'm pretty happy. For everyone, for everyone that is new to our Thursday episode of the podcast, here's how we kind of break it down. We like to go over some of our favorite matchups for the weekend. These are the matchups we're super excited to either watch in primetime, super excited to see on Red Zone. These are the matchups that we want our fantasy players in. If we know we're having an excruciating start-sit decision, we want to prioritize guys playing in these fantasy-friendly matchups. After that, Keegan and I go through our start and sits of the week. This is our opportunity to really show all of you how green we are. 
a fantasy football analysis. But, you know, we're, we're getting pretty good at this. So there's some good stuff. There's some good nuggets here. After that, you know, we're going to touch on a couple guys that we think could have spike week potential, matchup winning potential kind of out of nowhere. And then we're going to try and predict our perfect lineups for the weekend. Try to predict QB1 all the way through kicker one. So Keegan, you ready, man? I'm ready, Sean. Cool. So you've been texting me all week saying, dude, I cannot wait to talk about the commanders versus the Texans. So give us a, give us a little breakdown of uh, Taylor Heineke versus Davis Mills, which is your favorite matchup of the week, right? Well, here's what I like about Davis Mills. No, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're not going <laughs> oh, no. to do that, Sean. Wow. And we just lost a, we just lost a listener. But what we are going to talk about to start off our favorite matchups is Cowboys versus the Vikings, Sean. Oh, I think baby. will be maybe the best matchup this weekend. Oh, so. baby. Those are two offenses that uh, they, they make you feel something, man. I'm feeling a little Especially wiggly. in the fantasy little, land, Sean. I'm just already closing my eyes, and it's like Justin Jefferson versus CeeDee Lamb, prime time. I got Greg Olson just doing Greg Olson shit. I'm just pumped. Tell me more about this matchup, Keegan. I'm going to predict, uh, or I'm going to set the line at over under one gritty for Justin Jefferson this weekend because this game should be great for both passing offenses. So, so, so we have a gritty. What about like a slime, the the CD Lamb slime? How slime. many uh, where, where C. The line Lamb drags his half. finger across his face mask? Okay, so so CD's going to wipe his nose three to five times, and we're going to get 1.5 <laughs> gritty. We're going to set the line at 1.5 gritties. That's where that's I like where we're that. At. We've got uh, 47 and a half implied game total in points. Um, and the reason I like this passing matchup for all for all sides of this is each team ranks in top seven in neutral pass rate. Um, this should also and be a very fast. You know, you said that they rank high in neutral pass rate. What, what does that mean for our listeners, Keegan? Sean, do you want to break this down with me? I'm trying to trying to yeah. think of the best way to say this. So this statistic can't like yeah because this this can go one of two ways yeah. so we can explain this and it won't make sense or we can explain this and it'll kind of make sense right. definitely here no explain it to me like i'm a five-year-old uh, essentially a situational neutral pass rate is on a, in neutral situations that aren't obvious passing or obvious rushing how often do teams throw the ball both of these teams when given the opportunity to run the ball or throw it are throwing it right now and kind of makes sense why they would the Vikings have dynamic pass catchers all over this offense. And with Dak Prescott back, the Cowboys can utilize a lot of their passing offense, uh, offensive weapons as well. So it, it isn't surprising to why they're throwing the ball and throwing the ball often. And both of these teams, Sean, are ranking towards the top of the league in pace in terms of running a play. So like breaking that down, like they're running a play on a per like 20 like the so dallas ranks three in team pace so this means like they're running a play like every 26.43 seconds and the time difference is minimal here but it matters in the long run of the game scheme and the vikings are fit in overall team pace on offense running a play every 26.48 seconds it doesn't sound like much from maybe like the average football watcher but this is important for these offenses you're going to have fast-paced play and you're going to have these passing offenses in very neutral pass rate situations going for it at each other and you know we've got Dak Prescott who we know is a good quarterback and we've got Kirk who can be a good quarterback oh, on. when he wants come, to I'm gonna let's be honest man Dak Prescott is kind of just Kirk Cousins with great PR they are super similar quarterbacks I think that's Dak's what makes probably this better so great Dak's probably better but like Dak's probably the eighth best quarterback Kirk's probably like the 10th they're they're pretty similar 
That's okay, Sean, because that's why this matchup is going to be great. And both these teams over the last three games are allowing a pretty fair amount of points against. You know, Minnesota's allowing 24.4 points a game over the last three, and Dallas is allowing 22 points a game over the last three. And Dallas defense, which was once very stout, has kind of dropped off a little bit in defensive play. So I really like this matchup for both quarterbacks. I like it for the primary pass catchers, so like Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson primarily – um, C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz on the Cowboys side. I really, really like Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb this week, Sean. I might have them both in my perfect lineup. I think I do, too. <laughs> I think I do, too. And well, look, we have two good offensive lines. We have two good pass rushes. You know, there might be some fumbles, some wonky stuff. You know, team turns it over. Now we're inside the opponent's 30 or 40. Let's go get some points. It's a very friendly game environment. We just saw the Cowboys play in a shootout outdoors in Lambeau. And we just saw the Vikings play in a shootout outdoors in Orchard Park against the Bills in a very good defense. Now, both of these teams, is this in Dallas? Is this in Jerry's world? This has got Jerry's world written all over it. Or is this Skull City? Are we sculling it up? Oh, let me check for you real this quick. This has got yeah, Jerry Vikings. Oh, Vikings oh, wow. It's really hard to win in Minnesota. That is a damn good home field advantage that the Vikings have. So we could be in a situation where the Vikings jump out and then it's like abandon the run, throw, throw, throw. This is a super fantasy-friendly matchup. This is the game I hope I see the most of on Sunday with Scott Hansen throwing it over to look at what just E. Lamb just did. Like that's, yeah. that's literally all I'm hoping for. <laughs> I'm I'm pumped. Any anything else on this one before we go to the next matchup? No, just uh, if you've got any of the star players in this lineup or on your lineups, like put them in. Absolutely. How do you feel about Adam Thielen? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I don't. I love Hawkinson in this matchup, and I love uh, Justin Jefferson for the Viking side, obviously. But the reason I get to go to Hawkinson over Thielen is like Hawkinson has quickly found his way into the offense over Thielen. Um, I don't like, obviously Thielen is great at situational player, but he hasn't been producing in fantasy the same way that you would like him to. And a lot of it has to do with Hawkinson coming in there and taking up a massive role and a huge target share from the team. So I might stray away from Thielen in this matchup. In his last four starts, 15.6, 12.2, 9.7, 9.9. Probably going to need Thielen to get in the end zone to be fantasy viable. I like both the running backs in this matchup, too. I think my only fear for our predictions here is that both teams are able to establish the run and go full donkey and, like, try and ball control. And all of a sudden, this is a big Dalvin Cook game, and this is a big Tony Pollard? I don't know. We're going to find know. out what's Zeke going on with this. Yeah. Zeke is back. So I don't know what's going to happen in this specific matchup, but... I could see the running backs taking the shine from the wideouts because even though we're dying for a big passing performance, we could look up and it's like 21 to 17 and the running backs for the story of this game. So that's like only really my only hesitation. There's just so many playmakers on both sides of the ball. So mm-hmm. regardless, I think it's going to be fun. I'd say like 35-27 game and maybe Vikings went at home. Dude, and this is these teams are good. Got an eight and one team and a six and three team. Like this, this is another a big good test for the Vikings. Matchup. Oh, if the Vikings win this one, man. People are gonna be like, this is the best team in the NFC, which I don't agree with, but the Vikings are a good team. 
Yes. They, they are going to. I don't know if they're the best in the NFC. All right, Keegan, what's your uh, next matchup? Is it two titans of the NFL that are both <laughs> Yes, wonderful? two absolute titans of the NFL, and titans in their own right in the rushing game. So I love the Bears versus Falcons matchup this week. The Konami Code Bowl. That is yes. what we've got here. Two rushing quarterbacks going head-to-head. What's crazy about this matchup is the Fal- the Falcons are third in implied total per, per team this week at 26 and a half. And the game implied total is 50 points, which means no defense from either of these teams. We've got two mobile quarterbacks, uh, and Chicago ranks 26th in rush DVOA, and Atlanta ranks 25th in rush DVOA. So bottom teams in rush defense this year. And I think both rushing attacks have an opportunity to get busy here. Like, hello, Montgomery, no Khalil Herbert. Is Montgomery just going to win people leagues again and be the most average league-winning fantasy running back? in the history of fantasy running backs. I don't know. It's a possibility. But I think with the matchups and how soft the rush defenses are on both sides, we're going to see some weird game scripts and play calling. Arthur Smith's going to run all four running backs in this matchup. Justin Fields is going to get busy with his feet. And I think Marcus Mariota could get busy with his feet too. And then we know what happens when we establish a run, Sean. We get some play action. We get some bootlegs. We get some deep balls. This could be a underrated fun matchup. You know where Don't I'm even going with this. Don't even say it. Don't even say it. Don't even say it. I think I think Kyle Pitts is a good oh, one. No. Stop it. But really, this this game comes from I think it's going to be an actually like electric rushing matchup with two really bad defenses. And it'll be fun to watch two mobile quarterbacks like get get loose with their legs. And what Fields has been doing on you know on the football field is basically must watch tv right now so if you have no other reason to tune in here watch justin fields play and this is a great opportunity again if you're somebody who like picked up fields and you need a good start he's gonna have another great week this week oh this is an automatic start for justin fields he's a top five fantasy quarterback this week i think Mariota has some some stream appeal oh yeah Absolutely. You could stream them. You know, you could stream in jail. Like we'll let you out. You, you just have to come back. You have to come back afterwards. You get to go play while you're in jail. Um, I think both of these rushing attacks will be able to get busy. I think the question is, is this Cordell Patterson show? Is the Cordell Patterson show back? Like, you know, was he limited on that Thursday night game because it was only three days rest, and he was just coming off of IR? Do they rotate back to Patterson with sprinkled in with Algier? Or is this like a Patterson, Algier, Caleb Huntley situation where we're seeing a three-headed monster? And then, yeah. Or are the Bears able to get out and take a lead? Because we saw against the Panthers that when the Falcons went down, they were forced to pass more. They weren't very Mm -hmm. successful. Uh, Drake London had a nice wide receiver to finish. But... They couldn't really connect on deep shots to, to to Kyle Pitts, but it was raining and it was outdoors. This game is played in Atlanta, correct? Yes. Oh, we're in a dome? A oh, fire me up. Fire me up. This, if we're in a dome, fire me up. This is going to be a great fantasy-friendly matchup. The over-under has me a little nervous because I don't know how I feel yes. about the Falcons being able to score 30 points. Now, they did do this against Seattle earlier in the year, so they were capable. And that was a game that Pitts actually did perform well in. So, maybe this is a Pitts game. I know. I can't believe I'm doing it. I can't yeah. believe I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah, look I what I started here. I, I think CPAT definitely is like a must start. 
I'm, I'm and, riding CPAT. I, I think Justin Fields is going to be great. And then we're going to talk about him a little bit later in the episode. I think this is a fantastic opportunity for Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney has been an underrated player right now in fantasy, and this Falcons secondary is trash, like straight up garbage. And they they're allowing the second most fantasy points to wide receivers right now, Sean. They are they are garbage. <laughs> You know who's actually garbage too against wide receivers is the Vikings secondary too. We might have skipped over that a little bit. The Vikings are like third worst and the Falcons are second worst. And the Bears defense is tanking too. They just traded Rokon Swift, Robert. Yeah, King. they don't care about stopping the ball. And they're, <laughs> they're just a, let's a Justin Fields show. They don't care and, about defense. And the Bears are giving up, I think, like 32 points per game right now, which is just... It's insane. So this is yes. a fantasy-friendly matchup, regardless of what we think about Marcus Mariota. But if they're if the Falcons are going to score points, they're going to have to get Drake London and Kyle Pitts involved. Yeah, so there we go. We Sean. See bigger Just talked yourself into it. I think we can see bigger games. I think I'm now realizing how juicy this matchup. The Bears defense sucks. It's going to be a great matchup. I I think people would tilt their head away at this and like scoff and be like Bears Falcons. But this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun football. Really hope it's not David Montgomery. He's just the last dude that I want to do anything <laughs> in this game. Nothing against Monty, but I just. Have no shares, need no shares. No, I actually do. The shares that I have of Marty. The, yeah, oh, no way. We're not talking <laughs> second string running back for the Bears right now. But yeah, I think it's important to highlight with David Montgomery. Khalil Herbert is on IR. So it could be a true three down workhorse role for Montgomery moving forward. So something to definitely keep an eye on. But Justin Fields does take a lot of rushing upside from Montgomery, and especially in the red zone, he's going to take touchdowns. Similar to like Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, what we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Anything else on this game, Keegan? No, I think we've said our piece. We talked long enough to even talk ourselves into uh, Kyle Pitts again, so we're back. Um, for the next matchup, Sean, we almost had a snow game, but now we don't. Talk to me about the Bills versus the Browns. Can I lay a hot take on you real quick? I'm ready. Anyone that says that this game should have been played in six feet of snow because that's just how football should be, though I, I, I love a football guy and I love a tough guy, you are just so incredibly wrong. We want points. We want to see touchdowns. We want to have fun. And in the snowball, like maybe it happens. Like we've seen LaShawn McCoy have a big snowball game, but this what game not. Not only is this game supposed to have snow, it was supposed to have thunder and like 30 mile an hour winds. Like, I'm good, dude. We, we did not need this game. We did not have to play this game at Orchard Park. Also, Buffalo, you're asking taxpayers to pay 850 million fucking dollars for your new stadium. And you're just going to maybe have a game every other year canceled because you're outdoors. Like, I get it. You jump through tables and you lose four Super Bowls in the 90s and you have Josh Allen now, so you think you're the coolest fan base in the world. But just, like, let's let's put a fucking roof on it. Let's yeah. put a roof on it. Let's put a roof on it so Keegan and I can talk about how we're in a domed environment. Like, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what I'm talking about. So I'm sorry for all your takes about this game should have been played in this terrible weather. I'm sorry. I'd rather see Josh Allen in his beautiful arm throw deep balls to Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis then watch them like kind of trudge it out and try and figure it out and have to watch like Devin Singletary be the superstar. And I think this is going to set up for a good Devin Singletary game, but 
I, I'm come on. I want Scott Hansen showing me Gabe Davis teddies. I don't need like I I just I don't I don't need I don't need like a 10 to 14 game. I just don't. And now that this game is not a snowball because the Bills and the Browns are now going to be playing in Detroit Field, are going to be playing at Ford Field in Detroit. So scheduling tweak. The Bills and the Lions are going to be playing on Thanksgiving next Thursday. So it made sense for the Bills to travel to Detroit, stay in the area, and then play on Thursday. So that's an interesting scheduling wrinkle for the next time we chat. But why do I... Yeah, it is interesting, right? You know, it's like they're thinking ahead, Keegan. It's like they're thinking yeah. ahead. I would have said this was a stay-away matchup with a projected six feet of snow. But I'm really confident now that we're in a domed environment in Detroit that this Bills offense will be able to score in droves against a 31st-ranked Browns DVOA defense, which is allowing the second-most points on a per-play basis. This move away from a snowy environment has this line up to 49.5. My only concerns about hitting that projected point total is the Bills defense is really good, and Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback of the Browns. And just because the Bills defense got beat by an all-world performance in Justin Jefferson, it doesn't mean it's going to happen again this week. So I kind of am also afraid that both of these teams are going to try and establish the run. Like we know Cleveland for sure is going to try and establish the run. And maybe because Cleveland's rush defense is so terrible, like complete rush funnel, this rush defense is just garbanzo beans. And we'll address it a little bit more in our start sit section of the podcast but it could be a situation where the bills are just playing a little bit slower running the ball and obviously the browns are going to lean on their best offensive player nick chubb and that might slow this one down but i think this is a get right game for the buffalo bills and i think they come out i think they steamroll the browns and because they go up big the browns are going to be forced to pass and i think we're in a situation where we go over 49 and a half and we're all pretty happy for starting the likes of Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Josh Allen, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb. I think those are the people we're really prioritizing. Maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones, sneaky DPJ in there. DPJ matchup, I love that. Probably going to stay away from Dawson Knox and Kareem Hunt. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But I think the main beneficiary of this is the pass catchers. Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis. We feel pretty good about it. What are your That's thoughts? interesting that you think the Browns wide receivers have a decent viability in fantasy this week. I actually almost thought about, you know, suggesting Amari Cooper as a sit option this week. That's a good point. And when you're talking about neutral script, I totally agree. But the minute you go down 14 to 21 points, which I think is a high Very possible mismatch. Yes. You just have to abandon the run and throw it. So if the volume goes up and it's like a Jacoby Percet has 40 pass attempts, 45 pass attempts game, which I think it could be, then Amari Cooper and Donna Peoples Jones inherently are going to have a lot of opportunity. So I, I think David Njoku's practicing. Uh, the Bills are starting his tight end too, but could be interesting to get Njoku back in the offense, breathe a little fresh air into this passing attack. Any other I thoughts? I think it would be. I think this matchup could be very interesting for the Browns if Nick Chubb can have one of those Nick big Chubb runs. Games. Yeah. Yes. It could be very, very interesting for the Browns. Um, I've seen, you know, Michael Carter and James Robinson <laughs> dice up the Buffalo Bills rush defense just a couple of weeks ago. So who knows what Nick Chubb can do? And if Nick Chubb can get going, 
I actually think it bodes better for Amari Cooper and DPJ. I think without the run, what do you really do against a pretty decent Bills secondary? Yes, they're banged up, but I think the run game gets going, and then you have an opportunity to find Amari Cooper and DPJ. But we'll see. I love all of the Bills' offense on this, except for Knox, but I'll talk about that. The next matchup. Now, this is one not a lot of people are highlighting because the last time these two teams matched up at the beginning of the year, it was a little bit more of a low-scoring affair, kind of a division rival matchup, feeling each other out, take, trying to take away your, your power punch a little bit. And that's what we saw when the Chiefs and the Chargers matched up in Arrowhead at the beginning of the year. With that being said, this is our Sunday night game. And I just cannot talk about games that I'm excited to watch or follow or, you know, participate in for fantasy football. I just can't do it if Patrick Mahomes is playing. Like, I just, I'm going to pick that matchup. I'm going to pick the Chiefs because that's the type of quarterback he is. And that's the type of offense that they have. And their defense isn't even that good either. So it's kind of nice. Like, you can score on the Chiefs. So, you you know, it's going to keep the opponent relatively close. And Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid are trying to win MVP and Coach of the Year and just trying to run it up a little bit. And it's like, cool, we'll throw five touchdowns, no problem. And who benefits from that, right? You're, you know, Travis Kelsey, Kings State Kings. It was Juju. Juju's out. It was McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman's out. So that can be one thing. One, one thing, thing Sean. It's Tony time. Tony time. It's Tony time. Kadarius Tony is going to be a major beneficiary of this matchup. You know, maybe MVS gets a little run. Maybe Justin Watson plays a little bit. We might get a little Cody Fortson, man. Cody Fortson, baby. Backup tight end talk on the Regression to Mean podcast. I was about to say, that's how we guess. It. We should do a name, like name three players as one of them. One of them's fake. It's like two truths and a lie. Yeah, shout out to uh, the Ringer Fantasy guys. Exactly. They do that. It's hilarious. Um, Dude, did I you? Think, okay, so for Tony, just a little tidbit. Yeah. I, I found out what his nickname is in the locker room, and it makes me love him a little bit more. Isn't that like Chucka? Is it? What no, is it? It's it's the Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, that's his Twitter. That's his Twitter handle. He's got the. He's got an iced out chain with uh, Dejoka on it too. You see that he plays with his grills in, right? Or he at least oh, practices yeah. with them. Uh, did you see the the Kelsey clip? You know, Kelsey's got a podcast with his. That's where I heard Jason him talking Kelsey. about it. Yeah, yep. bro. And he's like, I don't know how they let him get out of that room. I don't know yeah. how he left that team, man. I don't know how he left that building. And I was like. Oh my goodness. My Kadarius Tony yeah. Stonks could not be soaring any higher right now. But outside of Tony, this is a big moment for the Chargers because Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are practicing. Looks like DeAndre Campbell's going to play this week. Looks like Gerald Everett's going to play this week. So we have an opportunity now to make Josh Palmer a 10th option, which he deserves to be. Um, you're excited for that. Yeah. Oh no more Josh goodness. Palmer talk. Dude, dude runs routes like a like a boat man has nothing he's got no wiggle nothing out there but this is an opportunity for the chargers to kind of get right their offense did not look good against the 49ers they kind of got their pants pulled down in the second half and went scoreless their offense has really just been checkdowns and runs to austin eckler but the full complement of their passing arsenal back i think this is a sneaky get right game for for justin herbert against a susceptible chiefs offense now we're playing indoors not really a home game there's never really a home game for chargers fans to, to be honest but this is an opportunity for both of these teams on sunday night 
to showcase some of their best players. And though it is a division matchup and it was a little slower paced last time, and you know, the Chargers can be a little bit slower and they've been lacking weapons and they've been lacking explosives. I think with a full complement of weapons back, the Chargers should be able to generate some more explosives, even though they've really struggled in that department. And that's just all the Chiefs do. So the Chiefs maybe could struggle with Juju out and Hardman out, but that's just not really what the Chiefs have been doing. They plug and play anyone around Mahomes and it's going to work. And this could be the Pacheco game. This this could be the game where Pacheco busts out in a big way against the just kind of kind of very trash. bad rush defense. Yeah, trash. Trash rush defense. Very, very bad rush defense, Sean. But yeah, that's a game I'm pumped. I can't believe we get to end our Sundays with Mahomes versus Herbert. That is a good time. This would be a good one. I just hope Joe Lombardi doesn't ruin this for me. (laughs) Jail. Jail for the Chargers OC, for sure. But those are our four favorite matchups. I know we wanted to talk a little bit about Cardinals 49ers, but Monday night game, no one cares. (laughs) Not about to right now. We don't even know who's going to play for the Cardinals. Like, Hop is injured. Colt McCoy and Kyler Vega, but we're just we're just gonna stay away from that for now. But those are some of our favorite matchups. So naturally, taking some of those matchups, understanding our Sunday slate, we got to go through our start set. So Keegan and I do start sit in a really really original way. No one's ever thought of it before. Keegan shares one guy that he likes to start. I share one guy I like to start, and then get this: you're never gonna guess. Keegan shares somebody he thinks should sit. And then I share somebody I think should sit. No one's ever thought of this before. It's revolutionary. Very revolutionary. This is something in the fantasy community that is going to just change the way people evaluate how they set their lineups on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. Uh, That's just what Keegan and I do. Really, really trying to reinvent the wheel here. Uh, And to preface too, these aren't like our number one starts. These are guys that maybe are a little more fringe. You know, you're kind of have a difficult start to sit decision. And these are these are guys we're putting our flag in like bottom tier QB one. We think this guy could actually be a top five QB this week, and we think you should start him. So, Kian, with that being said, who are you starting at QB this week? My start sick actually comes both from the same matchup, Sean. And my start this week is Daniel Jones. Dimes, dimes. Oh, yes, Daniel Dimes this week. I Vanilla, think Vic. Be, uh, Vanilla, Vanilla Vic. Vanilla Vic. Saquon Saquon's Saquon's Saquon. calling him Vanilla Vic. Yep. Vanilla Vic. If I break one, I better see Vanilla Vic down there with me. Daniel Jones has a great opportunity to do some damage with his feet, speaking of Vanilla Vic. So last week, the Detroit Lions left field gash him for 147 yards with his feet. And Jones has kind of like that light version of this with rushing upside. And he's still fast. He's really fast. And Daniel Jones also scored the 10th most fantasy points per game over the past four weeks. He's got 382 rushing yards, fourth amongst QBs this year. And the Lions have allowed the most fantasy points per game to QBs. I think this is a great spot for Daniel Jones, especially if you're hurt at QB this week, you need a starter, streaming somebody. Like Daniel Jones would be a great stream option that's probably on the waivers if you're looking for something like that. Daddy Dimes has been pretty solid this season. No one's really talking about it. It's like the most boring seven-win team I can think of in ages. They play good defense, run the ball. Daniel Jones has kind of earned a right to stick around next season, and he's earned the right to to play in your fantasy lineup. I actually lost to somebody who streamed Daniel Jones last week, scored over 20 fantasy points. It was kind of a bummer. I wasn't expecting it. So I think that is a good start this week. The Lions defense 
Not very good. Not, not I think good. very, very hard hitting analysis. Not that good. Exactly. My start this week, Dak Prescott. So Dak Prescott has been back from the thumb injury for three weeks, had kind of a slow start against the Detroit Lions. And over the past two weeks, has had back-to-back top seven QB finishes. And he now gets a Minnesota defense that is giving up the fourth most fantasy points per game to QBs over the past month and the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Hello, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz. For reasons we mentioned earlier, this game is going to be high-scoring. And I think Dak is a slam dunk start. I have him as a top six play this week. I like that. Man, it's a shame I uh, went and traded him away ahead of our matchup, Sean. It would have been great to start your start of the week against you. Oh, well, <laughs> we'll talk about that later, Keegan. Who are, who are you sitting, game? On the other side of the Daniel Jones game, I'm, I'm sitting Jared Goff. Um, Jared Goff is, has a... Ever a good game every once in a while, right? But like as of late, Jared Goff has just not been enough to keep in your fantasy lineup. So I think there's better places to look on the wire, or if you're a little in between on him and like your other QB on the roster, I would avoid Jared Goff. He was only able to muster 15 points against a pretty poor Chicago defense last week. Um, he's now scored 19 fantasy points or less in five games in a row. Giants are only averaging 15.5 points a game to fantasy QBs right now. And so that's not a great matchup for Mr. Goff, who has already been subpar on his own and coming off a very poor defense game or very poor outing against a bad defense. And, you know, no more T.G. Hawkinson. He's really got one weapon right now, and it's Amon Ross St. Brown. And oh, Amon Ross St. Brown yeah, will baby, eat. He's got one weapon. He will that's eat. the sun as god, he, baby. As he has been, but you've got the weird Swift thing going on. Oh, like, you're not really get, like, you don't really have that, like, option for Swift to turn a screen 30 yards into a touchdown. Like, you really have Amon Ross St. Brown, and that's it for Jared Goff right now. I do not like this matchup for him. Yeah, you could just, if you're looking for Goff at the beginning of the year, you could probably just start Jimmy G, right? Like, I just feel like they're yeah. kind of just flip-flopping a little bit. I would absolutely start somebody like Jimmy G over Jared yeah. Goff this week. Yeah. At running back, my start. Oh, who are you? Who are you oh, sitting, Sean? You can't forget this. this. You almost you almost slipped away from your very very risky sit suggestion, Sean. I'm sitting Joe Burrow this week. Now I know that sounds a little hot takey, but for the first time since week two, the Steelers defense will have both T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. The last time these two defensive stars played together, Keegan. Do you remember what happened? Fill me in. They sacked Joe Burrow seven times. That's a they, lot. They picked him off four times. Also and they, a lot. And they won in overtime. And if you remember that game, the only way that the Bengals could move the ball was thrown to Jamar Chase. Is Jamar Chase playing this week? He is not. The Bengals offense has been pretty limited without Jamar Chase. They had a big game with Joe Mixon. Maybe this is a Mixon game. I don't really know how they're going to attack it. But Joe Burrow, every four or five weeks, is going to give you a 40 bomb and a 13-point outing. I think this is one of his 13-point outings. I am sitting Joe Burrow this week. That's spicy. Let's uh, hope and pray that he won't be in the milk was a bad choice on Tuesday. Oh, I'm down. I'd be down for Burrow to be wrong. I've got some T against shares, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. Who are, you, uh, who are you starting a running back this week, Keegan? I know you've been dying to talk about him. 
Isaiah Pacheco. So you already talked a ton about this matchup. And one of the things that we talked about towards the end of it was how bad this Chargers rush defense is. Terrible. Kansas, you're terrible. True. For lack of a better words. Kansas City could be down, you know, MBS. Nicole, well, they're Nicole Harmon's going on IR. Juju, like all DNP in practice. On Juju's not going to look Juju's good. not going to play. Exactly. Juju shouldn't so, play. He shouldn't you, play. Take you're down to Kelsey and Tony, which is still great. You know, I think Kelsey has a good game. Um, and the Chiefs offensive line actually has a, the third best edge over the Chargers defensive line, according to the PFF's offensive line versus defensive line matchup chart. Ooh, new stat. New, someone get new the new stat, stat horn. New, new stat. stat. Bear, 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 bear. New stat. Okay, so that's a good stat. Uh -oh. We've got a big. There's a big mismatch advantage for the for the Chiefs offensive line versus the Chargers defensive line. Correct. And the Chiefs being favored by almost a touchdown, you know, by Vegas in points. So if they can get out to an early lead and they try and lean on Pacheco, I think this is a really good opportunity for him to kind of show us that what and everybody else what Andy Reid has, you know, believed in him for and decided to make him the starting running back. And he had 16 rush attempts last week that completely phased out Clyde Eversolaire. Jarek McKinnon is a factor in some relief downs and he'll come in for the passing work. But I really like Pacheco as a running back option because this is a player that you maybe have on the waivers. You're not sure if you'd start him over somebody who been starting most of the year. This would be a great week to start Pacheco. I'm with it, dude. My only fear with Pacheco is the fact that Jarek McKinnon has a pretty big pass catching role in this offense. And I feel like for Pacheco to really crush, he's going to have to catch some passes. He's going to have to catch some passes. He's going to have to get in the end zone. So if Clyde continues to be phased out, Pacheco is going to have strong standalone value. But the whole Jarek McKinnon thing, it doesn't make me nervous. Like, I still am starting Pacheco with confidence. I think it's a great start. But I think it's something and, our listeners need to take account for. And, you know, to hammer home how bad the Chargers rush defense is, you know, this season they're allowing 146.8 rushing yards a game. And over the past three weeks, they're allowing 190 rush yards a game, almost 200 yards a game on the ground that they're allowing. Insane. So even Insane. if even if Pacheco has, you know, an 18 or 19 attempt game and he gets 110 rushing yards, that's still a pretty good start for me running back. And add a touchdown to that, that's a great start. If Pacheco gets 19 fantasy points, he crushed it. Yeah, that'll be Correct. a fantastic week for Pacheco. The guy that I'm starting at running back this week is playing a rush defense that's somehow worse um, than the Chargers. I am going to be playing Devin Singletary against the defensive run funnel that is the Cleveland Browns. So to bring you up to speed right now, the Cleveland defense has strong like secondary players and kind of a weak front seven, and they're just kind of like, we're going to let you run. We're going to try and stop your passing attack. And they're allowing opposing running backs to score 30 fantasy points per game. Devin Singletary is coming off a pretty strong two-touchdown performance. Doesn't really compete with anyone for touches. Like, Naeem Hines is more of a theory than he is an actual football player at this point. <laughs> um, James Cook's getting a little run, but this is Devin Singletary's backfield. Would not be shocked if Devin Singletary had, like, 20 fantasy points. But also, side note, this could be like Josh Allen goes off for, like, 100 rushing yards, which is kind of my fear. Um, but I, I think Devin Singletary's a guy who's going to score 15 20 fantasy points this week. I'd start him with confidence. Who are you sitting? I'm going to sit Deontay Foreman this week. And I'm going to, you know, 
Deontay Foreman's been great on the ground, but he plays Baltimore this week, and they're allowing the third least yards per game this season and rushing at 92. And, and they just traded for somebody, yards. right? And they just traded for an old pro linebacker, right? He's probably pretty good in uh, stopping the run. That's a good call. That's a good call. And over the last three matchups, they're only allowing 63 rush yards a game. So they're 12-point favorites over the Panthers. They could go up multiple scores at any point of the game. And then you got to ask Baker Mayfield to throw the ball for Carolina. And that's just a mess in itself. Yeah. So Deontay Foreman's going to get schemed out of this game pretty quickly and not be relevant in the pass game at all. This offense goes back in the trash can the minute Baker is, is the starter. I might be wrong, yeah. but that's just what my gut's telling me is Baker is a hot pack of ass, and I don't really want anything to do with it, even though I'm just going to start DJ Moore and cry about it. But John Borman's been the, the hot man on the block, everyone's newest crush. But I, I comes back to earth. I think week. he comes back to earth this week, too. I agree. Sean, your sit of the week at running back is somebody you're going to be playing against this week. Talk me through James Conner. This is by no way or shape, by this take is by no way swayed by anything outside of the fact. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Keegan just traded for James Conner. He's not starting him against me after a big week. Look, I think James Conner is going to have a massive role. They literally just cut, you know, Benjamin for like no reason. Cardinals got a Cardinals. But even though James Conner is going to handle like 90% of the snaps, the 49ers defense is by far and away the best rushing defense in the NFL. Like any single fantasy any fantasy statistic, DVOA, EPA per play, they shut down the run. The Cardinals have two banged up quarterbacks somehow. D Hop's banged up. Like this is technically a home game for the Cards in Mexico City, but ticket sales skew heavily to the 49ers. I can see this being a blowout for the 49ers and maybe James Conner salvages it with some passing work, get some dump offs. And before you know it, he's got like 15 points, but I think the sell now window after a big week for James Conner is rapidly closing. So I, this, I'm this is a take I believe in, but also really hoping happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. It's one of those. Who are you uh, starting a wide receiver this week? So I am starting Chris Olave this week. Olave. Olave. World Cup, baby. Let's go. Okay. Uh, Let's go. So my reason Boys in blue. This... <laughs> Stop. Okay. So here's why I'm thinking Chris Olave is a great start this week. Um, I know the Rams defense, uh, you know, typically the corner is pretty good. He will see some coverage from Jalen Ramsey this week, but they're faltering. You know, they're on a downslide. In the last three games, they're allowing 249 yards a game over that span of receiving, and that's, you know, towards the bottom half of the league. And regardless of the QB for the Saints, Olave is their primary target. He's the guy who's going to get the ball off at Andy Dalton. That's great because it'll be intermediate, like kind of like easy catchable targets. And if it's Jameis Winston, even better. Downfield hucks, touchdown potential. I love it. He has four red zone targets over the last four weeks, Sean. He's only got one reception out of that, but I like how much Chris Olave is involved in this offense. You know, 26.1% target share this season. He has a 40% air yard share. And like oh I said, goodness. Rams defense is, yes. And that makes him fourth in the league in air yard share. The Rams defense is getting worse every week. I think Olave is a great start this week. He's going to, I think he's going to have a nice player too on Jalen Ramsey. I love it. I think this goes through the roof if we get a mid-game benching. Oh, my God. I would love that. Dalton has <laughs> that would been be electric. 
Dalton has been like a wet rag, dude. My man has been stinky and just someone needs to throw him in the laundry. He has been terrible. I, I just, yeah. And that's, I have Alvin Kamara shares and they are just desperately clinging to this dump it down from Dalton, but he's not even doing that anymore. He's just taking sacks and looks scared. So if Winston comes back in and jets a little life in this offense, I think Olave could definitely benefit from that. I love it. Olave is a great player. My start of the week, and it's the regression to the means, boom or bust, dart throw wide receiver of the week. If you follow us on Twitter, I broke it down in a full thread. I have Darnell Moody. I have the moon man. So, Darnell Mooney has been the wide receiver 23 over his past four games. Coincidence? No. Justin Fields was a pumpkin, and now he's a superhuman. And now that Justin Fields is a superhuman and not a pumpkin, Darnell Mooney is a top 24 wide receiver play. He now faces an Atlanta defense that is absolutely dreadful against opposing wide receivers. This game projects to be a shootout. We've already covered it. The Moon Man has positive touchdown regression coming. And I think this is a fantastic opportunity for him to get in the end zone and have a top 15 finish. I love it. Give me on TikTok. I was, we need to, we need to get on TikTok. That was a TikTok day. That's that's what we're doing, man. Um, Who who are you benching this week at wide receiver? This is maybe one of my my spicy takes this week, but I'm benching Devonta Smith this week. It's really not that spicy when you break it down. I mean, Indianapolis is ninth in DVOA against wide receiver twos. The Colts are allowing the second-least fantasy points per game to wide receivers. And the Eagles are a touchdown favorite in this game. About six and a half points spread. They could get to running the ball with Hurts and their running back committee, control the pace of this game, and not really need to lean on their pass catchers to beat a... Look, I love the Jeff Saturday story, but this is a really come-back-to-earth full-circle moment for Jeff Saturday where he takes his first They're about to get stomped. They're about to get stomped. And Devonta Smith only has one red zone target in the past four weeks. You know, so if they get down to the red zone, I don't think that ball's going to him. That stuff usually goes to Goddard or maybe AJ Brown, and it's definitely always going to Hurts in the rushing. So Goddard's not playing. So what? So I I normally am with you. I think this is a big bounce back week for AJB. But with Goddard out, everyone should kind of see their targets go up, right? Or is now like Mr. Fumbler, Quez Watkins, going to get a couple more targets a game? Like, what do you think that target distribution looks like? It goes across all wide receivers, I think, and every other pass catcher. Maybe not so much the backup tight ends that will step in here, but it's the game that I'm more like interested in here and why Devonta Smith is not going to be like that really high value fantasy player where he had a couple spike weeks. Like I just don't see him getting an opportunity like to get a red zone target. I see them running the ball a lot. And Indianapolis, like I said, by statistics the statistics have been pretty good against fantasy wide receivers this year. So So we're sitting Devonta Smith. I am sitting Joshua Palmer. Um, very, very on brand. Even if Keenan Allen doesn't play, even if uh, even if Mike Dub doesn't play, no, nah, I don't. I just I think he sucks. And um, I watched him not be very good <laughs> against the uh, 49ers. Um, I want him off my TV screen, even if it burns me. Even if my milk was a bad choice, I just I don't think Palmer separates. I don't think he's explosive. And I think that when Keenan Allen comes back and Mike Williams comes back. You know, he might have like a five for 50, but I just, the days of him being a top 20 fantasy play, I think you're done. Put him on your bench unless you absolutely have to play him. I'd rather play DeAndre Carter. Dude actually has juice. I love it. Quickly, we got tight ends and we got defense. 
before we tight get out ends. of here, who you who you starting yes. at tight end? Because he's uh, in my fantasy lineup. I'm, I'm starting Dalton Schultz here. You know, averaging yeah, 4.2 points with Dak Prescott at QB. Yeah, you are. Minnesota's allowed four touchdowns to tight ends this season, and they're around the bottom of the league in a fancy points against uh, from the tight end position. Uh, there's a ton of points in this matchup. We already highlighted why we think there's going to be a high-scoring effort, why I like all the pass catchers in here. Schultz has been money playing with this with against or with Dak. This is a great Schultz opportunity. You know how you and I are the president of the Mike Evans fan club? Dak Prescott, yes. president of the Dalton Schultz fan club. St- <laughs> yes. Stanford guy. Very uh, smart dude, Dalton Schultz. I love it. Schultz, he's going to just absolutely defecate on your chest this weekend, my brother. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am playing George Kittle. No bias here. But death, taxes, and picking the tight end against the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals have given up 23 fantasy points per game to tight ends this season. This is shaping up to be one of those massive George Kittle games. We've talked about spike weeks. George Kittle's the king of the tight end spike week. He could draw 40, one of the few tight ends that can score 40 in a game. I don't know if we're getting 40 from Kittle, but I think it's a huge game for George Kittle against a just dreadful defense against tight ends. No bias. This is a good matchup for Kittle, so I like that. Who are you sitting this week? I'm going to sit Dawson Knox this week. So while Cleveland has been horrid against the run, uh, they've been pretty good against tight ends. They're holding them to the second lowest catch rate, 10th fewest receiving yards, and only one receiving touchdown in the season. I do not love those stats for Dawson Knox. He's only got 20 points in his last three games and only two TDs on the year, making him extremely boomer bust. So knowing me, this will absolutely end in a Dawson Knox red zone touchdown. Tubby, this baby, he's going to catch two. Happens. He's going to have two for five and two scores. That, that's, and he only has one red zone reception over the past four weeks. So... I that's don't love he, his opportunity that's where here. he was good last year. He scored all those touchdowns. It's almost like touchdowns are hard to predict and they regress. Almost. Like regress to the mean. To the mean. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. A company podcast here. Who am I benching this week? Everyone is just clamoring to start Tyler Higby with Cooper Cup out. And I'm saying, hey, let's pump the brakes here. Uh, group of 15 people that are dying to start Tyler <laughs> I just, I, I'm not really seeing it. And the only reason I'm not seeing it is because New, or- New Orleans Saints are kind of the inverse Arizona Cardinals. For the past couple years, because of Demario Davis, they've been really stingy against tight ends. And they're, they're giving up seven fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. They've just been ultra consistent and strong. So... I know people want to start Higby, and the volume could be there, so this could burn me. But it's a tough matchup for Higby. I would go start somebody else. I just, if you can, I know tight end stuff, but I'd rather get Higby out of my lineup this week. What about you? Who are you streaming? Real quick, I want your start, sit, off the jump defenses. Let it rip. Let's see it. We're starting Washington against Houston. Washington just had a pretty good game against the Eagles, created four turnovers. They get Chase Young back this week. And they get to play the Texans, who have allowed, who just allowed the Giants to have a top 10 defensive finish. They're third in NFL pressure rate. uh, Coming into this was coming into Monday night. They're third in the NFL pressure rate, fourth in tackles for a loss, and ninth in rate of opponents' drives that end in a score. So pretty good defense. I like against the Texans. I like anybody against the Texans, but I'm gonna sit the Vikings. This week on defense, and I know they had a decent game against the Bills, but this is a no-brainer in one of the highest projected totals of the weekend for me. And the Cowboys give up the third fewest points to opposing fantasy defenses right now. So I don't think Dak will turn it over a lot. I don't think Vikings get a miracle touchdown on defense. 
I'm going to sit him this week. I like it. I am starting the Eagles defense. Jeff Saturday and the Colts, you're coming back to earth. This Eagles defense is going to be pissed. They're going to be ready to sack Matt Ryan into dust. You know, I'm a little worried that JT might gash him. So teams have been able to run over him, run on him the past couple weeks. They did just sign Linville Joseph and Indomitian Sue. I don't know how much they play, but you got to think the Eagles are trying to, you know, they're trying to steady the ship a little bit, come back, avenge for a bad loss. I think they dominate him. I'm starting the Eagles defense. No surprise, I'm going to bench the Cardinals defense. Cardinals defense has been startable throughout the year. They've had a ton of, like, touchdown luck. Uh, they've, you know, been pretty, like, chaos defense. You could play them as a top 10 play. Pretty confident the Niners are going to do well in this game and uh, win pretty handily. So I, I am putting the Cardinals on my bench. Before diving into perfect lineup real quick, some guys that we think could have a big spike week. So I've already mentioned George Kittle. I think he could absolutely go off. And I really believe in what Darnell Mooney can bring to the table this week. I think this is setting up for a big matchup. Keegan, I know that you had Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb as potential big, big wide receiver weeks. We're talking 30-plus points. And I know Isaiah Pacheco, Cordell Patterson, and Justin Fields are guys that you really like from some of these matchups. Before we go to perfect lineup, like, you know, 30 seconds on these guys. What are you thinking? JJ and CD, obviously, from all the passing opportunity we highlighted. I mean, CD Lamb is my main pick for this. 32.1% target share, 33.3 targets per route run rate, and 39.4% air yard share. I mean, he's going to run a lot of his routes from the slot, about 55% against Chandon Sullivan. I looked at the stat. 84% catch rate, 118.4 pass rating allowed when catching on him. That's good stuff right there. So, CD Lamb is a big spike week. Dude's name's Chandon. That's tough. That's tough. Um, And then the the Falcons, um, Atlanta, or Falcons-Bears matchup, my one to pick here is Fields. Another spike week from Fields, I think. He keeps it going. He keeps it going, and he 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 puts you in a playoff spot this week if you're starting Justin Fields. That's what I'm saying. Book it. Fields is putting you in the playoffs. I like that. And it's no surprise. Their spike week guys are from the matchups that we highlighted. Wow. If you're still with us, if you're one of the three people that's following us through a full hour, full circle, baby. That's how we do it. Before we get out of here really quickly, Keegan, because we're so good at this. I'm going to let you go first. Who is your perfect lineup for this week? Really quickly. Perfect lineup. I know it feels spike week, but I like Dak Prescott as you my like QB1 finish. I like Dak. Um, I like Saquon Barkley as my RB1. I like Derrick Henry's RB2. And just to be clear, I put this in the dock before the game. So I'll ride this through the weekend. He did. He's going to finish at the top. He did have Derrick Henry in the lineup. He, he did put Derrick Henry in the lineup. We'll give him that. Who do you have a wide receiver? Wide receiver one, CeeDee Lamb. Wide receiver two, Justin Jefferson. No surprise there. My flex, T. Higgins. This is the week he does it, Sean. My second flex is David Montgomery. In that matchup I've talked about so much, tight end one, chalk here, but Travis Kelsey. Number one defense on the week, Baltimore. And the kicker of the week, Nick Fold. Okay. Quarterback, I got Lamar Jackson. Carolina's been gashed on the ground with running backs. Kind of have a feeling Lamar dominates on the ground, QB1, against the Panthers. I've got Christian McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs as both my running backs. Jacobs dominated against the Denver Broncos. The last time these two teams matched up, 
I think McCaffrey is featured and featured often against the Cardinals. At wide receiver, Steph Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, and Amon Ross St. Brown. George Kittle at tight end, Eagles defense, and Graham Gano. That's who I got. No way we no way we miss one, right? No way we miss these, Sean. No way we miss. Enough. No way. We've been batting 100% on these every week, so I'm excited to see that continue. Every single week. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another edition of Regression to the Mean. We are pumped for Week 11. Keegan, we will have you back on Monday night to recap, night. hopefully, a big weekend with the Cowboys and the Vikings going off and the Chiefs and the Chargers giving us fireworks on Sunday. And, we get and me massive. beating you in fantasy. I can't that's, wait. That's just not gonna happen <laughs> um for the listeners i owned keegan for literally half a decade in fantasy and this man's this man's been getting a little spicy with me the past couple matchups so i need to i need to show keegan who's boss i gotta remind him that uh and then hopefully the worry, 49ers and, we'll be here to recap the whole matchup when we Sean's will we'll, tears over it because that's what you want to hear is keegan and i breaking down our, our fantasy matchup <laughs> um and then obviously monday night that would be incredible if our matchup came down to monday night i don't know if i don't think it will but that that would be fun. Um, hopefully the Jets and the 49ers get dubs this week. Man, I think it'll be a good one. Cheers to that, Sean. All right, see you, Keegan. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode. If you haven't yet, go ahead, subscribe. If you haven't yet, leave us a review. And then go follow us on Twitter. We're, we're doing good stuff. Good content is out there. Give us a follow. We appreciate it.